0: Hey friends, this week's audio had a lot of issues and we had a lot of problem solving, so we apologize for our audio quality not being the best, but here's our conversation. Welcome to Short Skirts and a Long Scripture, where we discuss and create a space to heal from religious trauma.
1: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Cass. I'm Hannah. I'm having a chai latte. What are you having? I'm having vanilla rooibos. Would recommend. What
0: are we talking about?
1: We are going to talk about today deconstruction um, and the steps towards healing after leaving um, a cult or a religious group where maybe you had some traumatic events happening Or kind of we're left a little scarred from. So we want to
0: talk about, based on the religious trauma that we experienced, see all of our previous episodes up to this point, we want to talk about the process some people call unpacking or deconstructing. And we want to give you a definition of these terms and give some vocabulary that was really helpful for us when we were going through this process. and. Just let you know different ways that we have been processing this and how we got through it. So first of all, let's talk about the term deconstruction, because when you bring this up in a Christian setting, almost immediately people will be triggered or offended Mm -hmm. or assume what it means.
1: When we're talking about deconstruction or unpacking in um, this sense and for us personally, leaving this group we're talking about unlearning I guess I'll say some of the harmful habits that maybe we learn from a young age while being in this group that now that we're (laughs) grown up we're seeing we're not good and we're healthy um, to carry with us into adulthood so unlearning those experiences and relearning maybe some healthy ones. Now, this does not mean that we are throwing the baby out with the bathwater per se. We're still keeping things that were important to us. So for me and I know for Hanna too, this would be like our um, biblical foundation and our foundation in our own faith. But yeah. some of the other things that went with that, maybe getting rid of that and maybe gaining some healthier perspectives on things.
0: So the term deconstruction just means unlearning something, getting rid of something. And if you just stop at the term deconstruction, you're going to miss the entire point of this process. Mm -hmm. Because when you deconstruct something, you are cleaning out something that shouldn't be there anymore or cleaning out something that you don't feel is valid or important. You have to refill it with something that is good Mm -hmm. and helpful and healthy. If we use the term deconstruction, we might use the term unpacking or unlearning. Mm -hmm. Just know that we are talking about (laughs) this entire process and it's not just somebody who's getting rid of their faith. Yes. This is not a solely Christian thing that happens. Anyone can deconstruct from a traumatic experience, mm-hmm. from a traumatic upbringing, from whatever they were surrounded with before. Yeah. It's just the process of getting rid of the stuff that's bad and unhelpful and refilling it with something that's healthy and good for you.
1: Yeah. And I do want to say, too, if there are some of those people who have chosen to deconstruct and turn away from um, maybe the faith that they were they grew up with too. We are not discounting anybody's experience. Each is their own. If that's something you chose to do, that's what you chose to do. But that's not what everyone does when they deconstruct.
0: Deconstructing for us meant realizing that we didn't align with some things we grew up with in our Christian belief system. Um, Finding out what we do believe And why we believe those things. Mm -hmm. As we've said in previous episodes, we were not given the opportunity to create boundaries. So part of our deconstruction would be learning how to create boundaries in spiritual ways, in emotional ways, physical ways, Mm -hmm. everything. That's part of our process. One of the things that we wanted to really reiterate, it's on our website. If you go to our website and you read our intro we talk about answering the question of, is it possible to leave your past behind but honor where you came from? And that's something that we have tried to do, at least me personally, in my deconstructing journey is making sure that I honor the foundation that I was given because that's definitely truth, but leave behind all of the garbage and the extra nonsense that came with it Yeah, and fill that void with something actually helpful and good for me
1: just for clarification and maybe new information for other people the kind of scale that churches sit on yeah i would say kind of like everything there is polar opposites in both directions when it comes to christianity i guess you have some churches and groups that are more progressive um and you have some groups and churches that maybe lie on the more conservative side of things that maybe lean more towards being Mm -hmm. fundamentalist if i think about this scale of where churches aligned in relation to the group that we grew up
0: with so on one extreme side we have progressive christianity which is going to be like we have the bible plus all of the things in the culture and all of these things are true And we have uh, fundamentalists on the other side, which would say we only have the Bible, and these specific individuals, usually men, are allowed to tell us what's in the Bible and what is our truth. Mm -hmm. Somewhere close to fundamentalism, more so than progressive Christianity, is like the term conservative. Right. Conservatives are definitely people that believe that scriptural basis for everything if you envision a more traditional christian setting you're probably thinking of a conservative community we were absolutely fundamentalist group yes we were because of the extreme difference in between Mm -hmm. what we were
1: allowed to learn
0: and what is available for christianity
1: Yeah. The fundamentalist group that was kind of, or thought, I guess, that was kind of overshadowed the group as a whole was not everybody's outlook on it either. Because we had so many different families and ideas from lots of different churches even involved in this group. A lot of different thoughts. But the cloud that kind of overshadowed the whole group that everyone just kind of looked at us and saw the same thing was very much fundamentalist. So even though you may not have had any real fundamentalist thinkings or outlooks on life, if you were in this group, that's what people saw. Coming from this group, thinking about our deconstruction
0: journey and when we started and what it looked like. One, one resource that I had when I was really trying to figure out what I believed and why I believed, and am I allowed to believe something different than what I was raised with, was a book that I just want to shout out. It's, it's the book After Doubt by A.J. Svoboda. And It really just gave me the vocabulary that I needed to express and process and understand what I was going through spiritually and emotionally and mentally Mm -hmm. during this process. He expresses that not every storm is a shipwreck. When somebody is questioning their faith that does not mean that they're going to just throw out their religion and turn their back on the Lord. Yeah. Just because someone has questions and wants to understand why they believe something they were taught does not mean that they are questioning the truth and validity of, you know, God's word, if that's what they were raised with.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people look at deconstruction and unpacking and asking questions as being um, an attack on God or an attack on their faith when really in a healthy even relationship or anything else growth aspect you should be asking questions how should you be expected to grow if you're not asking questions the thing is though we weren't allowed to ask questions and um Sometimes we ask questions to the wrong people, but deconstruction and asking questions in regards to your faith, things that you learned in the church, whatever, is not a bad thing. That should be what every person is doing. If you're confused about something, you should be asking questions. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it's really part of our human nature to be curious about things, though. And I feel like for at least us, we weren't allowed to be curious. <laughs> yeah. Because that was testing too much, I guess. So,
0: yes, we. I want to clarify that there's definitely a difference between asking questions and questioning God. Mm-hmm. When I was in my deconstruction process in the very beginning, I wasn't questioning, is God even real? Does God exist? I was questioning, these are truths about God that I believe, but I have no idea why I believe them. Mm -hmm. So are they actually true? If you just question your foundation of belief, you're just going to get lost. It's going to be too big. But if you're asking questions about the things you believe, why do I believe them? Well, where is that information coming from? Mm -hmm.
1: That's going to help you rather than hinder your growth. Yes, definitely. So we found a list of five phases of deconstruction or unpacking so we can start with the first one the first one is separation when you're deconstructing or unpacking obviously you need to you get away from that thing and that kind of triggers maybe or even before that it may trigger this whole something's not right here that makes you separate yourself from that environment do you remember kind of what made you leave or what made you come to the realization maybe that this wasn't so great yes (laughs) two things i had a physical separation and
0: a mental and spiritual separation physically at a certain point when i was in high school my family moved so physically i was physically separated Mm -hmm. from this community okay But I carried the beliefs and the teachings from that group with me until a few years into college almost. Mm -hmm. When I suddenly realized, oh, not all Christians believe the same thing as me and they're not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone that has different beliefs than me is not against God in a Christian circle. What is this? (laughs) So... I had a physical separation at one point, but later I started to actually mentally separate. Oh, I need to understand why I believe these things. I absolutely believe these things, but I need to know why. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise I might be believing something that is not true and not okay. Right. And I might be having a practice in my lifestyle that is harmful
1: to other people and I need to figure out how to fix that. What was yours- so, I like the way that you put that uh that you had both a mental separation and a physical separation because thinking about it now, I had the same thing so two parts to that that I didn't realize I think I for sure had a mental separation when the bus encounter happened when they thought I was mm. possessed. See a previous episode where Cass talks about her emotionally religious, traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And then I think I had another mental separation moment when we were doing outreach at one of our places down in California. And I confronted someone. We had already kind of had a falling out. But this was kind of the defining moment with them. And I kind of remember going, all right, I'm done with this because it was just, it was ridiculous. It was stupid. It was petty bullshit Mm -hmm. garbage that somebody couldn't get past. And I just, I was like, this is dumb. I'm not doing this anymore. But the physical separation didn't happen until we moved to the other side of the state the day after my high school graduation. And I remember being very okay with that. Like I, it was, Mm. it was time. It was ready. All this stuff had been leading up to it already. I'm like, this is good. This is what needs Mm -hmm. to happen. So I was very comforted in that fact that I felt that the book was done. That chapter part of the book, whatever was complete. um, And that I was moving on from that. That's really when the, the physical separation part of that happened. And I think the finalization of the, the mental separation happened with that as well. Mm-hmm. But like you said too, yeah. I did carry, of course, a lot of the, the thoughts and the mindsets and the worldview with me. And that one takes a little bit harder to separate your brain from because that's where the deconstruction really comes in is all the mental stuff.
0: <laughs> this leads me directly into the next phase of what happens when you have separated yourself. Your next stage is definitely going to be confusion you're confused. Uh You realize I have believed something for so long and now I don't know if I believe it anymore or now I don't know if it is a good thing to believe anymore. Yeah. That is probably, mm, I would say for me, that was the hardest phase is when I discovered that I believe things that are not true about the bible and about god and about other people and about my relationship with god and other people so realizing that i believed and practiced things that were not okay
1: Mm -hmm.
0: per scripture not just per my own opinion but Mm -hmm. per scripture things i believed were not true i was absolutely confused and i was just i had so many questions and i was like i don't even know where to start how do I even find the right questions to ask?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I, un- do I need to unlearn some things? How do I unlearn these things? Because they're so ingrained in me. So the confusion stage was probably the hardest stage for me.
1: Do you want to talk about your experience there? My confusion stage is a little bit different, I feel, because we moved. And then I had the summer, I guess, to kind of chill out, I guess. And then I I immediately got a job and started working and haven't stopped since um, that fall. So my confusion, I guess, kind of started when I was thrown out into the world. I had a lot of misconceptions about people, how things work. Um, And then we also started kind of trying out a new church. So it was kind of a really weird dynamic for me because at work, I was the goody two-shoes girl next door, who's never done anything wild or crazy. And in the other aspect of going to this church, I was the perfect Christian girl who knew all of these things. And wow, I'm so smart and have all this information. Mm -hmm. And I had to find this middle ground to it. Also, I was becoming my own person at that point and getting to Mm -hmm. try new things and learn about myself as me, not myself as part of this group anymore so there was a lot of confusing factors I mean when it just came to that
0: I imagine your identity would be confusing Mm -hmm. because you assumed
1: that you were this
0: person and now you realize maybe I'm not this person
1: yeah yeah and and realizing that my entire life didn't revolve around evangelizing to every person that I came into contact with which I lost a lot of probably could have been friends because I felt like I needed to make them be better Christians, too, because, you know, inflated sense of ego. There was a lot of confusing things happening identity-wise, me becoming a working person-wise. Is it
0: biblically acceptable and a biblical truth that we should try to share the gospel and preach the gospel to all nations? Absolutely. Is it biblically acceptable to shove your personal beliefs and religions on other people constantly at every spare moment no not unless you are god and as we discovered being like jesus does not mean that you are jesus Mm -hmm. actually contrary to what we were taught yes yes okay this is something that we had to unlearn we are to be like jesus we are not to be Jesus. Yep. He already has that role covered. We don't need to step up there. We are to be, to use some biblical terms, we are to be the light of the world. We are to be the salt of the earth. We are mm-hmm. to preach the gospel to all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all that good stuff from everything that Jesus talked about. We are not necessarily, some people, it's their whole life. They mm-hmm. are evangelists, and that is what God has called them to do. Yeah. There's a right way and a wrong way to evangelize. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different method. God can use whatever method he wants. Yep. But we had to unlearn the fact that we are not Jesus, actually. We're just Christians that try to be like Jesus. Yes.
1: Point number three on our five phases of deconstruction avoidance. What are we avoiding? I mean, it could be multiple things. It could be going to church. It could be people. (laughs) Some people might not go through this phase as hard as others. Cass and I have very different experiences with this and let's talk about it. (laughs) The avoidance factor for me was very much cut and dry. I did not want anything to do with that because I was scared that I was going to get reinvolved with another group like this essentially. So I chose not to involve myself in anything church-wise ever again. It's traumatic, it's frightening. Does that mean that I have completely disregarded my faith and decided that I am just going to toss it all in the trash? Absolutely not. I have stilled on to my foundation I have done the deconstruction and unpacking and figured out what I believe, why I believe it. For me personally and my journey, church is not the place for me. I don't enjoy the fellowship aspect of it and I don't feel God in church. You know where I do feel God? Out in nature. So if I need to go have a moment with God, I go outside. But that's me. That's not everybody that needs to do that. And that's definitely not going to be everybody's experience because some people really feel the need and the importance for the church and the body of Christ and going to maybe a physical place that's to each person their own. But in this aspect of the separation or avoidance, yes, Hans and I definitely took very different approaches to this. (laughs) What was yours? In
0: my deconstruction journey, when I got past the confusion phase and I started to realize, oh, some of these things I really strongly do believe and I want to be around people that believe the same thing. My avoidance was to avoid specific types of churches and to avoid what I started to be able to discern were things like prosperity gospel. That's not healthy for me. Prosperity gospel is one thing that a few families from the group that we were part of actually believed in, and there was some Weird teachings that came from that into our group. Prosperity Gospel basically says, if you are a Christian and you follow God, God will bless you and give you a lot of physical things. Mm, okay. Believing that if I am a good enough Christian, God will bless me and I will be happy and healthy and wealthy all the time. Okay. That is not a biblical principle. Parts of that are from the Bible, but that is not a biblical principle. Anyways, once I discovered that I came from a fundamentalist group, obviously I'm going to avoid other fundamentalist groups. And I'm going to start to be able to discern and understand the difference between like regular standard biblical Christianity and Christian fundamentalism. And progressive Christianity and conservative Christianity. So I started to just avoid different types of aspects of Christianity. Okay. I still went to church, but I like went to a few churches mm-hmm. until I found one that I felt actually really aligned with scripture. Okay. And I realized I was allowed to be friends with people that were not Christians.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not that I necessarily avoided having Christian friends, still had Christian friends. But I started to get as many non-Christian friends in my life as I could Mm -hmm. because I wanted to understand what the other lifestyles out there were like and what would be the best way to interact with them on God things. And I can't do that if I'm only hanging out with Christian people. I'm going to be completely out of touch with anyone else in the world. Right. So part of my avoidance was to bring in other people, which is kind of the opposite of avoidance, but I don't know if this makes sense. No, that makes sense. Part of my avoidance was to just like distance myself from certain aspects of Christianity and bring in aspects of other things besides Christianity
1: so that I could become a more well rounded
0: in my understanding. So of
1: essentially everything. what you were doing, here's what I'm getting from that is you were bringing in other other viewpoints so that maybe you weren't in so much of an echo chamber anymore. Absolutely. Also, you were doing what Jesus did. You were being friends with everyone instead of just the people that aligned <laughs> with you, which is what we're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you are in the stage of deconstructing and you are finally secure enough in your faith that you want to see what the other things are that are happening and you don't feel like it will drag you down, Mm -hmm. then absolutely you should be interacting with other places. If you feel like that is not going to be healthy for you and it's going to distract you or it's going to drag you away from the truth or whatever, Mm -hmm. maybe don't do that yet. So talking about feeling. Let's talk about the next phase of what it looks like when you're deconstructing. Feeling
1: is stage four and it's the moment that you get to finally, well, not finally, because you should be having all of these emotions about everything while you're working through every process of this. But I feel like there comes a point in deconstruction where you are thinking about the things that happened. You're talking about the things that happened maybe with someone and you are finally kind of letting your wall down and allowing yourself to feel all of the emotions of what has transpired, whether that's anger, sadness, guilt. there's there's so many things. Hana and I have talked extensively about this. She's heard things that I have felt about many, many things um, that have happened because I feel like this stage, even though maybe you are further along in your deconstruction and rebuilding phase, is constant. You can work through the emotions of what happened, but still feel them later on because things continue to hurt. And it takes time to heal from things. So it dulls over time, but these things, you know... They resurface too.
0: One reason that I would say the emotional aspect of deconstructing is so important to me and probably also Cass is that we weren't allowed to have these negative emotions. In our Christian group, we were taught things like we've said before in the mental health episode, you don't get too stressed, quote unquote. You don't get to feel worried because that's a sin. You don't get to feel Angry because that's not something a Christian does. You have to be happy all the time. But when you are unlearning something and realizing that what you grew up believing may not be true or you don't agree with those beliefs anymore, you're going to get all of the negative things and all of the garbage. And you need to be Mm -hmm. able to accept it and let it come out and let it go. Because if you just keep it inside, like we did, we were emotionally stunted for like 20 years. Because we just kept all of the bad things inside. So one of the reasons we talk about emotions a lot is because it's very important, at yes. least
1: specifically for us in our journey of deconstructing. Yeah, yeah, it is very unhealthy, friend, to keep all those emotions in for such a long time and not allow yourself to feel them, to process them, to accept them, and then to let them go. The letting go part is essential. Allow yourself to have that moment to feel, scream, cry, write it out, do whatever you need to go, but then let it go.
0: The only other small point that I would like to make about this is because growing up we were taught that men weren't really allowed to express their emotions, as we've mentioned before on the pod. It's okay for guys to be angry and sad and feel grief and feel guilt and feel Mm -hmm. regret or whatever it is. like. You are valid, I we'd never had someone tell us this, which is why we want to talk about it and say things like this now, yeah, you are valid, and you're allowed to process as mm-hmm. long as we said, feel it, let it go, otherwise it's you're not gonna be able to heal,
1: yeah,
0: when I tried to keep everything, I was not able to heal for several years because I thought and I believed. Well, I'm not allowed to have these negative emotions, so I need to just
1: figure out how to get rid of them Mm -hmm.
0: instead of letting it go, feeling through it, and then moving on.
1: Or you were like me, and you had far too many emotions, and you didn't know how to deal with all the different ones that you had from all the different crappy experiences that I've been through. So I just kind of was like, well, I'm just going to keep these in here and lock them away because there are far too many to deal with.
0: And that is not going to help you deconstruct and unpack and then heal. Mm -hmm. Because the last stage of deconstruction is rebuilding. You cannot have a renovation where you just do the demo part and then leave it. Mm -hmm. That is not going to be healthy for you, for people around you, for your relationship with anything. Yeah. Yeah. You have to rebuild. This is the most crucial stage of deconstructing something,
1: especially your fate. Something specific that I feel is important when it comes to the deconstruction and rebuilding phase. Just because sometimes these steps, until maybe you're done with it and you're looking at it in hindsight, aren't going to stand out specifically to you. Sometimes you might be deconstructing without specifically thinking about doing it or realizing it. A lot of my journey with deconstruction and rebuilding, I had no idea I was doing. I was just... I was continuing to live. I was going through the motions. I was getting myself out of that fight or flight reaction of being like on constant adrenaline from religious abuse. So I did not realize until probably a good five to seven years down the road, one, how far I had come and two, the little kind of quiet steps that I had taken to get to that point. Just because you're not seeing everything like blatantly out there and flashing neon lights and you're thinking to yourself, yes, I've done this stage. Ah, time to move on. Doesn't mean you're not deconstructing.
0: Definitely. During my rebuilding phase, I was very, very purposeful in how I rebuilt But it was because I was like hyper aware of what I was doing and I was doing it on purpose. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't realize you're doing it. Sometimes you can do it on purpose. Everyone's journey looks different. My journey was definitely, okay, I need to figure out why I believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. I need to get rid of those harmful, toxic things that I was taught. And now I need to replace it. If I b- realize that this is not a biblical concept and not something that I should believe, what am I going to put in there instead? Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out from scripture, what do I need to replace this with? So rebuilding, you, you can't skip this phase. It, you, you have to find the things that are the problematic teachings that you're questioning. And you have to figure out a way To replace them with something that is good Mm -hmm. and true and healthy.
1: For my reconstruction part of that, I don't think mine really came into play as much until I was mm, probably three or four years out of the group. And I Mm. had started as an adult going on little dates with guys that I had met in town. First of all, I didn't know how to talk to guys. Big flaw. (laughs) (laughs) and I wasn't going to waste my time either with stupid boys so I would get in there and I'd get straight to the point and I'd be like here's what I believe what do you think about this what do you think about that blah 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 realizing all the things that were my foundation that I believe because I was voicing them out loud and then them going "Eh, uh um I don't know what's that uh first of all they're dumb Mm -hmm. second of all I really realized what I believed and some of the things I'm like, okay, now I want to know why I believe that. Why is that such an like a hard ingrained thing for me? I think that's when I started doing a lot of the whole asking questions and why do I believe what I believe? Mm -hmm. Why am I telling these guys that? Is this just because I'm regurgitating what I had been told or is this something that I truly, truly believe going into future adulthood and my future. It's a process, friends.
0: Okay, so that's kind of what it sounds like from our perspectives of these are the, vo- this is the vocabulary that we have to talk about deconstructing in a healthy way mm-hmm. and to talk about what it looks like at each stage of this process. Everyone's journey is going to look different. Mm-hmm. So as you could already see, Cass and I did the same thing in a different way. Mm-hmm. I've talked to other people that have done the same thing in a different way too. Wherever you are in your journey, you are valid and you're doing okay. Keep going. Don't stop in the middle. You got to get through everything and you'll
1: come out better on the other side. Yeah. And we'd love to hear about your deconstruction journey if you ever want to share it with us. If you're at a specific point in your deconstruction and unpacking journey, We'd love to hear about it if you want to tell us about it. It's very important for us to be supportive of each other in whatever stage we're at, or even if we've kind of worked through most of it. And especially if we're just beginning those, because there are those of us that have, we've been around the block before with that. So being supportive of each other in whatever stage we're at is very important. Absolutely. Cass
0: and I both are more or less in that final stage of rebuilding and reconstructing. But if you're at a different point and you recognize one of the stages, we would love to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. Next episode, we're going to talk about some steps that we took specifically for deconstructing and unpacking. We're going to talk about how our boundaries work, how we set up boundaries. We're going to talk about how we got out of the cult in the first place. When did we realize it was a problem? What happened? Um, we've touched on some of this a little bit today, but we're going to go into more detail in the next episode.
1: If you guys ever want to reach out to us? Tell us a story, share anything that's on your mind. You guys can reach out to us on our website, shortskirtslongscripture.com. We're also on Instagram at skirtsandscripture um, or send us an email at skirtsandscripture@gmail.com at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Stay safe out there. Get deconstructing. Little ASMR of drinking tea.